I, I think one of these days when we get to uh, have the, the YouTube channel going on, there's going to need to be sort of like a disclaimer that goes on at the bottom of the PMS show, like, welcome to the program. Everything you see on here is a joke, <laughs> even if it looks like it's not a joke. Because when we started up here and you had this white stick, it looked like a chapstick married mm. uh, a Virginia Slim cigarette. And you opened up and you said, what, you don't have a pre-rolled cocaine one hitter? I was like, no, no, I absolutely do not. You said it's like Vicks vapor rub for your nose. I don't, I don't know about that, man. I just, just you gotta. Just... Yeah, it, it, if, Kids, if if I handed this to you, uh, it's I would the be size of my off. finger, dude. Look at it. Look how big I, it is. If I handed this to you anywhere, like on a golf course, we'd be getting grief like Tiger Woods because it looks like a feminine hygiene product. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Season four, episode seventeen of Stats the Matter. The one with the actual Super Bowl 58 preview in our mm. cups this week. It's an IPA from Anchorage, Alaska. Shout out Anchorage Brewing Co. And the brew shop for stocking an absolute banger. And you got an Imperial Stout from Chicago, Illinois. Goose Island. Mm. Follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. at Stats No Matter and on Twitter at Stats Podcast. All things whiskey, beer, sports. Find Stats No Matter wherever you get your podcast. Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google, Tim. Let's get into the fucking show. All right, let's go. I still sound like uh, Tampa Tammy ripping Paul Malls uh, <laughs> constantly because I was still saying before we started this, I don't know the last time I didn't have a runny nose or uh, <clears throat> a cough of some kind. So, um, you know, shout out to daycare and, and children. You know, have them. Have a bunch. It's fine. You'll end up with the uh, immune system. Have a system. bunch of daycares? Like 10x? Like my money. I mean, have a, bunch of, have a bunch of daycares and you'll be very wealthy. See, that's, 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 that's what all these Instagram uh, bros with all the finance stuff, that's what they're missing. Don't, don't mm-hmm. tell me to buy all these 10 uh, apartment unit properties and 10x my money. Just start small. Mm-hmm. Start you a daycare empire. Live up, King. Dead. Come on, let's go. Dead. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not offering financial advice. I'm not a financial planner. I'm not a business planner. So we'll get that out of the way. However, uh, I am one kid in this program, and there are eight in this room, eight in the room next door. So we'll call it 16 per per space, because each room is separated by two. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven spaces, those We'll, we'll say by 16, seven, seven by 16. And I think some of the other rooms are actually different ratios. So there's more kids. That's one wing of this building. Each one of those kids is paying at least $1,600 a month. That's a racket. <laughs> it's a legal there racket. Are, <laughs> there are, I think, five wings just as big as this one. Uh, and some rooms go up to like 20 kids. Per one to two teachers. I'm afraid that if you keep saying this out loud, Homeland Security is going to be listening. They're going to be looked out for a for a child <laughs> farm or something. And I, and I mean that. I mean that as a funny ha joke. I don't mean it seriously. Um, oh my god! Yeah. So one classroom with 25 kids. The don't tuition the alone the is forty thousand dollars a month. A month. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't listen to Grant Cardone where he's like, "You want your private jet? Yeah, just just buy an apartment complex and put the money back into it and reinvest it." No, clearly, that's the loser money if you want to get momentarily rich. You want generational wealth? Start a daycare, motherfucker. For real, dude. Like, oh, I, like 
four grand of that is going to the teacher. The rest is obviously needed. insurance facilities. Yeah. Oof. Dang, dude. All right, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow and I'm going to start a daycare. Y'all can come come to Tim Cronin's fine institute of child care. If, if we soon. have like the, you know, like how Levitard and Friends has like the shipping container with yeah. all, the, all the random friends in it. If we just had a random baby section and just asked them like, what do you <laughs> think the over-under is in the Super Bowl? Like, that's at least four episodes of worth of content. Uh, <laughs> we'd have to actually Done. come up with the rest of it, you know, but all right. Done. Um, Anchorage Brewing Co. Mm-hmm. Much, much hyped. Mm-hmm. Never makes it this far. I went to the brew shop uh, in Arlington. Shout out to um, Beth and I think Aaron, Beth and Julie. Uh, they they run the, the the brew shop there in Arlington. I usually get all the kegs from there. We got a guys' night on Saturday, and we got the Super Bowl on Sunday. So I was like, we got to clean the keg lines. We got to get a new keg in there. So I went to go pick up a Pilsner, and I'm looking around, and I saw off their website that they did have beers from the Vale because now the Vale is apparently trying to distribute across the state of Virginia. I'm going to drive two and a half hours to Richmond. This is a good thing. So I'm like, I'm going in there to get a sixth keg and at least a four pack of beer. We walk in. Chelsea finds a, uh, a bottle of wine. I go over to the cooler. Cannot find any veil. Obviously, all the hype boys probably took it. But just sitting, staring back at me is a single and a double IPA from Anchorage Brewing Co. And I about shit myself. Ooh. I was like, does no one see this? And there was like a whole like bottle share that was going on in the, in the brew shop tonight. And I'm like looking around. Like John Travolta, like, do you guys not see this? Are you serious right now? There's like hot butcher in there. There's like all, all kinds of stuff in this thing. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to grab a four pack. And then I was like, ooh, but I'm probably not going to see Anchorage Brewing Co. here again. Uh, so I might as well get the other four pack. And I, then I was like, well, that's too much. So I just asked, like, hey, can I go two and two? They were very, very cool about it. Last time I ever had anything from Anchorage Brewing Co. was from the beer cellar in Portland, Maine. Shout out them. Uh, they did a collaboration thing with the Jolly Pumpkin. Phenomenal beer. Not even going to bury the lead. Uh, but this, this one is interesting. It's called uh, Beast at the Door. And it looks, there's just like, this, this artwork is fantastic. I'm really excited to put this up as the, mm. uh, as the thumbnail. Um, looks like a, a three-headed Cerebus bursting out of a, a fiery <laughs> red-haired woman, which I don't know if it's a metaphor or, you know, key of life. But uh, India Pale Ale brewed and double dry hop with Superdelic, Nectaron, and Luminosa hops. What the fuck are I don't, I don't super delicops? I don't even know what that is. So sounds like you just described some form of weed to me. Supercalifragilistic <laughs> luminosa hops. Yeah, uh, let's see what it tastes like. It smells fantastic. Yep, got like the. You know um, when you get like really really ripe like nectarines mm-hmm. it's like and we're like a little bit of blood orange like how juicy it can be this is this yep. is kind of like the two of those and you got some grapefruit shining through here this is incredible 6.4 percent i brought in two just in case i was going to go through the first one and it's going to happen so uh, i thankfully in the rundown i put down all my notes so i can stay on task because my brain will not be on task by the time we get halfway through this podcast um <laughs> it's it's a four two out the gate, mm. um, it it is thin in the body, um, but it's just jam packed with flavor. I I almost took the uh, the double that I picked up today and went with that one and said, but it's a Thursday night, still do got to work tomorrow, so I guess we'll take it easy. Uh, got a got a big back to back weekend coming up, but damn, this is 
this is good. And now, of course, I mean, I asked them, I was like, hey, like, how did this happen? They said, yeah, we just got a random, random drop. I don't know when we're ever going to get it again, which is probably just what people say to make you go back and clear them out. But <laughs> it's working. My mind is already like, if it wasn't a half hour into mm-hmm. pretty much the line of DC and then turn around and come a half hour back, that, that's not even counting the time I'm in the store looking around, convincing myself not to buy a whole bunch of shit, convincing myself not to buy whatever else is on the shelf or merch. To the brew shop, man. That's all I got to say about that. Four two. Let's go. Nice. Uh, all right. I am dabbling a little bit in the uh, in the cellar a little. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't had a good beer in a couple weeks. Been under the weather. Still a little bit under the weather. So we're gonna try and beat this thing into submission. Uh, I'm gonna have one of the Goose Island Bourbon County variants tonight. I'm gonna open up the Banana Foster's Stout because that shit sounds. Delicious. Uh, I haven't gone online or anything to review or to see like how people have felt about this one, so uh, I truly don't know what to expect. But for anybody who has never had a banana banana Foster, it's delicious. Like caramel, caramelized bananas, caramel, like a would you call it a dessert or a breakfast? Probably breakfast. No, it's right? definitely a dessert. Banana Fosters, yeah. Mm. Smells delicious, though. Uh. <clears throat> Sam told me he has one of these and is not going to review it. I offered to wait to do it together, so he said don't. So, whatever. It's a very... Look at the carving on it. Uh, you can barely see it, but it's literally going down mm-hmm. like soda. Yep. See it? It looks like I poured myself a nice glass of Coca-Cola. Now... This isn't the coldest beer because it was a knee-jerk reaction to open this one tonight. <laughs> so it had limited time to cool off. So can't hold that against it. But man, it smells fantastic. Without even taking a sip, it smells... I mean, it. I can already smell the bananas. It smells a little... I can smell the caramel. But let's see if this will fix my sore throat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> the last few years, they've come out with some pretty crazy variants that I've avoided. Um, I think, that what was it, the back, Backyard mm-hmm. one? I had that one. That one was pretty good. Um, but I've skipped a lot of them before. I almost skipped this one, too, because it might run the risk of being a little sweet, but uh, it is really, really good. It's freaking me out, though, because the... The carving in it is—I yeah. don't know if this—if you can really see this. Yeah, that's that's always the thing about the those beers that you know kind of makes me difficult to get into uh, a lot of the barrel aged stuff is that there's no carbonation in that thing after about thirty seconds. Well, it's that's the—I mean, that's because you're not drinking the right ones. Let's be honest, you have <laughs> poor taste in your your barrel aged beers. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, it, literally this one—I want to take a video of it and send it to you because it's bubbling up. Exactly like a soda does, which is kind of strange. I'm not used to seeing it. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna take a video of this and send it to you so that you can see exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, flavor wise, it's great. Mouthfeel, it's got that like slick, that slick bourbon aged kind of not oily, but that like, uh, I don't know, smooth feel to it. Flavor wise, 
it probably would have been better if it had been super chilled. It's definitely warm and it tends to release some of those flavors probably earlier than what it would if it was naturally warming on your tongue a little bit. But um, I get some like mild vanilla caramel out of it. The banana uh, isn't as strong as the smell would lead on, which is unfortunately a little disappointing. I was kind of hoping for like a... Well, we all know who I'm going to compare it to, but we, I was really hoping for that that banana fruit mm-hmm. sort of punch to it with the sweetness on the back end and that yep. coffee stout flavor to kind of round it out and really make it taste like a breakfast stout. But uh, a lot of them tend to be a little muted. Um, so I'm going it, to, it's a good beer. It's not as good as I was hoping based off of, you know, the, the brand and, and the style. Some of that may be my fault for not super chilling this thing before. I drank it. I don't even know what the recommended serving temperatures on these a lot of times. Isn't it usually like 48 or 50 or something like that? Like you could probably put it in the uh, in the fridge for a couple of hours and then take it out probably like 20, 30 minutes before the pod. And yeah. Fun. And now it says it's supposed to, um, supposed to drink it out of Snifter. I'm drinking it out of a regular pint glass because I was too lazy to uh, actually clean my good Snifter. So... I don't know. Maybe I'm setting myself up for failure here. They describe it as a stout aged in bourbon barrels with bananas, almonds, cassia bark, and natural Cassia-ful flavors. Cassia? Mm-hmm. Cassia bark? Don't even know what that is. Uh, but <clears throat> I'm going to give it a, a 3.8. Okay. Okay. All right. Check out uh, that. I just sent you the video. Check out that video so you can see it real quick. Just see what I'm talking about. Watching a video while we're talking on. Yeah. But this way you can... You can speak to it a little bit in terms of what I'm trying to convey here. Okay. Mm. It does it does look like like a like a soda, like a diet coke yeah, or coke, right? When you go when you go to the movie theater and uh you see you see that. Oh, speaking of movies. Mm-hmm. Um went to the movie theater lately. Uh, yeah. Chelsea and I saw anyone but you, your boy, your your gunquit neighbor, Mr. Glenn Powell. Yeah. Yeah. Um him and Sydney Sweeney in a rom com. Mm-hmm. Did not like it. Did not. Like no. It. I I just saw an article that was saying that uh, that movie and its success is showing the uh, why going to the movie theaters is still like a, a a thing worth shooting for instead of direct to streaming. Yeah, I mean, to to be to be fair, Mister Gunquit was hilarious in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't, and I'm not, I'm not hating. Mm-hmm. Glenn but Powell I'm, is who he's talking about for yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, Glenn, Glenn was fucking a riot in the film. I, I thought he was funny. He he demonstrated a lot of a lot of, a lot of comedy, a lot of vulnerability. I thought the range was good. Uh, he starts off the movie, spoiler, kind of a douche. Uh, and then, you know, it's a rom com, so figure it out at the end. But <laughs> man, I've seen Sydney Sweeney in like three or four things now. Um, she was in like White Lotus, right? She was in Euphoria, and I think she's been like in other films and like it's the same character in every film. Or show, mm. and I mm. just I can't unsee it. I'm just sort of like, okay, you're you're doing nothing here. Like you're 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 not doing anything for the story. But uh, um, you know, gonna go back and probably see Dune too. Get one of those uh, one of those special cups. Did you see the little popcorn cups that look like <laughs> they could be? No, no. You oh come on, you had to have seen the flashlight Dune. Too. No. Yeah, look it up right now. I'll send you a video. Actually, I won't send you a video. Because, yeah, the Dune two popcorn bucket. Look it up. Let's see, let me see. Oh yeah, what the hell is that? Yeah, 
Yeah, super, super, <laughs> it's, super weird. For anybody who doesn't know, I'll spoil it for you. It's a, a popcorn bucket with what looks like dirt and the giant worm coming out of it, except the opening to the mouth of the worm uh, is a, a bunch of rubber. Some, someone is going to use this as yeah, a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that there would will be, be videos online. Yeah, Drake, when, baby. When I first saw this, I was like, hmm, weird prop bet, you know, over under that someone... Uh, Someone does attempt to do something with it in that. And of course, you know, do I think it'll happen? No. But that's the thing about weird prop bets. Uh, someone someone makes them true eventually. And it got me thinking, Tim, about Super Bowl 58. Got some weird prop bets. One of the top ones, Orange Gatorade at plus 325. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You are losing. It's a big money. one every year. Yeah, you are losing money on that. And everyone's like, yeah, but remember when the Chiefs won against the Niners four years ago, it was orange Gatorade. Like, they're not going to do that shit again. I'm sure there's, like, you know, the Gatorade color changes every year, but that's like a prop bet that almost always gets traction. Do you do prop bets for the Super Bowl, Tim? Uh, no, not typically. Although, to be honest, I haven't gambled or wagered much on the Super Bowl in uh, past years. So if, if I understand betting, plus uh -huh. 325 is in order to win 100, you have to bet 325. Yeah. No, no, no. Those odds. That's uh. Those are like underdog odds. Okay. So you bet a hundred, you get three twenty. It's minus is what you're talking about. Minus three twenty five is okay. you have to bet three twenty five. So one of the other uh, mm -hmm. bet MGM props is tails, minus one hundred five. Uh, mm -hmm. Seven of the last ten coin tosses have resulted in tails. Mm. Th that math tells me, right? I'm I'm not a smart gambler at all. That math tells me that you got to go heads here because you bet 100 and that's what the, you can win 105. Is that how that works? That's that's the thing about gambling is that uh, every coin flip is treated as its own independent action, regardless of it's 50 -50 what is taking place. Every time, before. right? What am right. I, what am so, missing? Well, so they don't. So typically in betting, you don't generally look at. Uh, like in, when it's that kind of bet, 50-50, you don't generally, it's, it's difficult not to, but they don't generally take into account how many times before that it has been that same result because the odds each time are the same. Now, the likelihood versus the odds, the likelihood of it continuing on that same path is unlikely, but still, from an odds perspective, every coin flip is exactly the same odds. So it's kind of a strange thing. So when you look at um, like roulette, for example, when you're betting black or red, right? Uh, other than green coming down and kind of screwing that up, um, a lot of times people will look and see what the the run has been, and they'll try to play off that. But it can get it can get streaky. It can alternate every time. It's because the odds are the same every time. The odds and the likelihood are two different ways of looking at it, but the odds are the exact same every single time you flip a coin. Yep. So, yeah, it'll stay that way, but are we, are we going to do a, uh, we're going to do a, a multi-leg parlay for the, uh, for the Super Bowl? Uh, if I did, I would probably do, um, anytime touchdowns for McCaffrey. I would do, um, probably, depending on where the line was for yardage for Checo, I would probably do the over. Uh, and then I would do maybe the straight winner. I don't know if I trust Super Bowls to do over-unders on, on total scores or, or points. Um, just because we've seen some games we thought were going to be 
blowouts or high scoring games that finish like you know 14-3 or 20-3 or something crazy like that so those those always kind of scare me a lot of people are predicting this game is going to be separated by like seven points or less um yeah i mean the the over under is 47 and a half and the line is minus two and a half for the night yeah so everyone's so. predicting a, a super close game so i don't know if i would if i would bet the spread if i was going to bet the spread i would probably take um whoever the the under was uh i not the under i would take like i, th- I think i think it's i, I haven't looked at it i mean i could check in a, in a second but i'm I think it was Kansas City was the underdog by a little bit. And mm-hmm. if they are like plus two and a half, I would probably take that because either they're going to win. I mean, uh, nah, it depends. It depends on how you look at it. If, if you think the Chiefs are going to win, that's a, that's a good bet to take because all they have to do is, is lose by, you know, two and a half or win outright. Um, and you'll get better odds if you're taking that them as the underdog there. Um, in most, I think in most betting apps, it's, I think the odds tend to be more favorable there in the in the spread. But I don't know. I don't know. I would probably do yeah. Anytime for McCaffrey, he's almost knock on wood a guarantee. Checo's a beast. Yards after the after contact are really high. So I bet the line for him is probably around like. 55 65 or something like that so i'd probably take the over there and then me i would go with the niners win overall interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't trust travis kelsey enough to put any real money down in that scenario you think um, you think taylor's flying all that way from tokyo just so travis doesn't score a touchdown come on uh, uh come well on. it's gonna have to he knows it, it, <laughs> it, he knows i mean she's Patrick been at better. she's been at th- this will be the 13th game she's been at so far this season mm-hmm. and some of those games she's non-existent anyway so um i feel like yeah he's too busy like blowing kisses up to her in the stand and watching his brother <laughs> jump around without his fucking shirt on so yeah it's uh i'm looking right now to see so the spread is plus two, minus two. That one's a little. That one's a little sketchy. I would take an alternate spread if I was going to take that and do like a like a plus three and a half or something like that. Kind of protects you, um, or like a plus three. Your odds will go down a little bit. It'll probably be like minus one eighty. Uh, but I mean, that's that's but good odds. But you're not putting a prop bet on. Is what you're saying? Nah, you're, probably not. That's too bad. We could have done it. We could have done it. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what. Uh, I, I've never even looked to see if uh, DraftKings even offers some of those crazy prop bets. I know they do, like future bets and prop bets, like your right. more traditional I'm ones. Sure they, but they probably would. They, they, they want to make money. Um, you know what I learned today, Tim? I was today years old <laughs> when I learned that Clark Hunt named the Super Bowl. It was hmm. he who suggested the NFL commissioner. Um, Pete Roselle, because Clark Hunt wanted to badly own a football team, started the American Football League, and said it should go against the National Football League. And he tossed this idea out there, and no one liked the word super because they thought it sounded like spectacular or gee whiz. Um, and, gee whiz. Yeah, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> and now it's like a behemoth. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's grown up, it's, it's matured, it's like the rock. You know, it's always in your face, and you're like, ugh. We're gonna we're gonna watch whatever happens here. Um, 
That's crazy. I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know what's I knew that of mm. course the Super Bowl was between the, the American Football League and the National Football League. Um, yeah. Because like the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference is how you get AFC and NFC. But uh Clark Hunt, Hunt family's got a lot of Super Bowl history here. And yep. you know, two times they've they've raised the uh the Lombardi trophy. They've won plenty of Lamar Hunt trophies. And mm. if I'm picking this game, Tim, right, because we're gonna mm-hmm. get into the preview here. I got to go Chiefs. And I, I'm not going Chiefs just because I'm buying into all the, oh, he's the baby goat, you know, look at all the stuff he's done besides Tom Brady. Like, from the jump, the Chiefs have the better secondary. They have the better defensive coordinator. They have the better quarterback, unquestionably. I, like, we, we talked last like you know, episode about how Purdy's been silencing a lot of doubters, and I think he's an incredible story, and I think what he's done uh, begrudgingly, you know, is, is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. But he's not better than Patrick Mahomes. and the better tight end is for the Chiefs, right? He's been healthier. He's had a, a longer run of dominance. Um, he doesn't necessarily chip as much as um, Kittle does, but, you know, kind of a big deal when the Chiefs are like, look, we got three players, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Pacheco, and we're just going to keep doing those things all day and try and stop us. They also sneakily have the better kicker. Harrison Bucker is, you know, a model of consistency, whereas Jake Moody has been missing kicks and extra points, um, and they have the better coach. I mean, come on now. Shanahan, offensive genius. Done a lot of great things with this team. He's not better than Andy Reid. If I had to look at all of that and I say, okay, who has a better running back? Obviously the Niners. Who has a better wide receiver core? Got to give it to the Niners. Why? Ayuk and Debo. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, they, they can be running backs who catch the ball. They can be wide receivers who run the ball. So I can't necessarily take a look at the lineup of Kansas City receivers and, and say to myself, oh, yeah, sure. I think they have the better wide receiver group. Uh, special teams, uh, you know, the Niners. And, and that, that wide receiving, that. that wide receiving crew's got a little drama going into the, uh, going into the game, too, with some disgruntled receivers who, who supposedly, uh, in his, uh, uh, his swear laden rant, rant that was posted on social media because that's what, Everybody does now when they're throwing temper tantrums, they post it on social media. Supposedly, uh, you know, when asked if who's going to score a touchdown, it's if they throw me the ball. All of that was supposedly <laughs> not shots at his own team right. uh, a week before the Super Bowl. That's- when he's been a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. I think one of the the, the key notes here for me is that this is a different Chiefs team than we've that we've seen all season. The, this Chiefs team was probably left for dead around week six when it looked like they're the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, they've been pretty vulnerable. But um, you have a cold weather game, you shut down a Miami team. You're supposed to do that. For me, when you shut down the presumptive MVP, you goad him into making bad mistakes. You get the defense to completely lose their cool, um, and you beat them in their home stadium. And there's a touchdown, but it doesn't really feel that close. You look at the common opponent that they both have in the Niners. Kansas City has already beaten this Niners team with a better version of the defense than they have right now. Yes, they have Bosa. Yes, they have Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. Chase Young ain't doing anything of real consequence. And and the thing I said earlier in the season is that the secondary for San Francisco has been strongly suspect. They've had some key injuries, but they've not really um, had a ton of folks that have really produced. They're known for getting toast. That doesn't matter because their front three or front four is getting to you 
pretty much within two and a half seconds, three seconds. I, I see this as a game that Kansas City can win by simply just dinking and dunking. Isaiah Pacheco running like a kid who bites people. That's that's what some folks called him earlier in the season. And he didn't he didn't agree with it, but he didn't disagree with it. Um, I, I could see them walking down the field a couple of times, scoring, getting a couple of field goals, unlike what Detroit did by just trying to ice the game. Uh, this is this is Andy Reid we're talking about here. I could but see they're this going being up against a, the. So can I offer my rebuttals while we're going, or do you want absolutely, me to wait? absolutely? All right. So they're going up against the 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 team that's ranked third in the league against defensive um, yardage. They're also the uh, Chiefs are down one of their star guards on the yep. offensive side. Tuning, who just yep. went down. Yeah. So, but there's some glaring holes, and they're also down. Uh, what was it Charles Omenihu? Omenihu Torres ACL in the AFC champ. What a fuck, bitch! And he is their injury, he is the you know? team leader for tackles and one of the primary. Um, uh, pass rushers that they have on that mm -hmm. defensive side. So before injuries, statistically, if you looked at these two two teams that lined up, all the, strength, no important. all the uh all the strengths that you just listed uh are stacked better on the uh Niners side. Like they have better rush defense, they have better passing defense, they have better um, yards after the carry when it comes to contact in like Christian McCaffrey and Kittle. Um, Ayuk has been better down the field. So there are mm -hmm. just more, I think they have a, uh, have a more varied arsenal of weapons than the banged, than the, uh, a banged up chief chiefs. Uh, I can't even speak right now. But chiefs yeah, offenses. So I, I would say that to counter your counter, to rebut <laughs> the rebut. Yeah. Um, the better secondary belongs in Kansas City. So that, to me, limits like a little bit of what uh, Kittle and Ayuk and, and Debo can possibly do. And I, and I suspect that the Niners will probably run straight at them because Amenahue's not there. Um, and they're going to say, Drew Tranquil, we're going right at you. Mm -hmm. You know, Frank Clark's not on this team anymore. Um, there are definite opportunities to get McCaffrey going. Plenty mm -hmm. of opportunities for them to just keep running in and try and wear the defense down. Yeah. I, and what I, I think, think is going to, I think the game plan is going to be try to compensate for McCaffrey and that uh, that missing hole in mm -hmm. the pass rushing superstar that you have. And that's going to cause gaps in the coverage for guys like Ayuk or guys like Kittle to work the middle of the field. And I think this is going to be, I don't know. I think if you had asked me earlier in the postseason run what I thought of this matchup, I mean, I still, let me, let me be clear. I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. And I'm, not going to be surprised if Kansas City pulls pulls it out. Obviously, we've seen what Patrick Mahomes can do. The guy can, you know, pull plays out of his ass, uh, all out Eli Manning uh, when he's on the run and, and and find ways to beat teams that are just on paper better than what they are, right? Um, so <clears throat> I'm not saying that this is going to be like a, a blowout by any means, but I think things are starting to stack up against the Chiefs where we, we're, we're going to maybe lean more towards... And, I mean, Andy Reid is going to come out with a game plan to, to kind of circumvent a lot of this stuff. And we may see more out of Kelsey this, uh, this game than we have previously. Um, he's gotten a lot of attention, but his production has been kind of hit or miss from week to week, mostly because sometimes he's generally out there as a decoy so that somebody else can 
get open because he's getting double teamed and and so on. But uh, I I think there are like with injuries and some of the game planning that is that has come out of what we've seen from the 49ers as we've tried to write them off every single game has been impressive. I mean, if it, take away the the bobble from Ayuk though. You know, maybe we're talking. You know, they may not even have made it this far. So it's right. it's 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 tough. But I think we can pick just as many plays out of the the last few games for the Chiefs, where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that that worked that way. Or yeah, we had like, the we had the one fluttering dive catch. You know yeah, I mean? that that kept that game going. So it's like both of these teams have had luck kind of work in their favor. Someone's luck is going to run out in this game, and for me, I feel like the Chiefs don't have all of their assets to overcome the lack of having some luck on their side. And the Niners seem to be kind of riding that momentum and everything seems to be falling in their favor. But they have the benefit of fewer injuries. Most of their star players are going to be out there this weekend. I don't know. I don't know. The the tough part is, look at the common opponent. The 49ers got absolutely destroyed by Baltimore. Kansas City squeezed the life out of them like a boa constrictor. So, like, just looking at that, if the teams, if the teams were healthy and they both, you know, were a snapshot in time, I don't think it would be close. I, I do agree with you. I think it will be closer. But if you take a look at the, the fact that they've already played um, this team before, and then, like, you brought up a point about the offensive linemen. Remember, against Tampa Bay, a team that did not have a defense quite like San Francisco, they found a way to keep flustering Mahomes, keep pushing him out of the pocket, keep hitting him, trying to force all these kinds of crazy throws. Yep. Because like there were some there were some offensive issues there on the line. Kansas City has already learned that lesson the hard time. And if they can like it's not I was telling a Chiefs fan in the office this today. It's not just about if Patrick Mahomes can get a third, right? Because then oh he's on goat watch. Like it's about the fact that like who has who has more history, right? Like teams don't repeat, except for like the 0408, or sorry, the, the 0304 Patriots, right? Um, Seattle tried to do it in, in 13 and 14, and that came up. Like there's plenty of stories out there about how it just cannot happen. Like it's magic when you get to that part of the game, uh, in that part of the season, like you you just need to throw it all out there. I tend to believe that the 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 play calling bag is deeper for the Chiefs. And I also the Chiefs know how to limit the fact that one of their best linemen. Uh, on both sides of the ball is probably not going to be there, right? It it could be chips. It could be dink and dunk. It could be willing to allow McCaffrey to get 96 rushing yards in the first half and then finding a way to completely shut him down. There's no way that a team like what Spags is doing with the Chiefs defense, there's no way that they're going to allow McCaffrey and Purdy and Debo to go off. Like They probably will let one of those players go absolutely hog wild. But Purdy... Has in, yeah, in but two if, it's games. Ma- if it's if it's McCaffrey though, like guy has scored in like okay, I don't know, okay, but three, look, let's, two, let's, 33, 34 sure, of the let's, last three games out. or something like that. Yeah, Let, let's play this out. Let's say, let's say they're not going to sell out to stop McCaffrey. Let's just let him mm-hmm. run. Yeah, fuck it, let him run. Mm-hmm. He gets 150 rushing yards and two TDs at halftime, and then mm-hmm. afterwards, yeah, I mean he gets a half hour rest because he's going to watch Usher swing his chain back and forth, and everyone's going to croon and lose their goddamn minds. And it's going to be, I mean, it's probably going to be a terrible halftime show. I'm just telling you. Um, I'm not looking forward to it, if you, didn't, if you couldn't tell. But Purdy, in two post games this season, two touchdowns, a pick, 
when he's been sacked and knocked out, uh, you know, it's been difficult. And when he's got a chance to run, that's where he's really kind of worked things out. Mm-hmm. I, I could see the Chiefs being like, come on, McCaffrey, we're going to give you a gap and we're going to give you six yards. We want to keep Purdy in the pocket because even though we're missing a guy who's got the most pressures for us, we're pretty sure you're not going to be able to beat our linebackers and safeties down the field. So, like, yeah, but they, you, they, they you will think that's enough contained. of a gamble to say, hey, McCaffrey, you're, you're free? Not a chance. I, free? Not no. a chance. Free? No. Free 99? No. Um, willing to allow him to, to rack up 50 or 70 yards and lull that team into a sense of, of security, false security? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that. too, I think that's way too much of a gamble because if you give that guy a four yard head start because don't forget we're not talking about just uh, from a running back perspective the guy is also uh, a receiver yep. so yeah. but think like, about if, this mm-hmm. they they allowed the top rushing team excellent lanes and they confused the looks and they they turned the Baltimore Ravens the the most run heavy team outside of the San Francisco mm-hmm. 49ers they turned them into a passing team whatever they saw on on paper. And whatever they saw on film and whatever they saw on the field, they determined this is better for us to throw. And they, did, and they found out pretty quickly that wasn't the case. That's what I'm saying, that, that the Niners are probably going to be like, yeah, but listen, listen, boss, we, you know, Purdy's not going to be Super Bowl MVP. If there's going to be any MVP and, and the Niners win it, it's probably going to be McCaffrey. Because you get two or three touchdowns, it's very hard to give it to someone else. Unless mm-hmm. those are passing touchdowns, right? But even still, you got a case. But I think, to- I think what we saw in, in the Ravens game, was sort of an exposure of what that Ravens team is, and it's and it's almost one dimensional. And what I mean by that is like, do, so do I think that, team, that the Niners couldn't stop it though on Christmas Day? I mean, it's it's befuddled a lot of people. But unless if you can stop Lamar Jackson from running everywhere and you force him to throw the ball, it's more of a traditional football style game and. They don't have, I mean, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think the Ravens have uh, an abundance of offensive weapons beyond Lamar being able to run. And if you're able to corral him, you know, you close out the edge, keep him in the middle. Uh, we, can, we saw that he can throw the ball. Like the guy was winging the ball everywhere and he was making, you know, pretty accurate throws. But when you relied on him to throw the ball the entire game, there was obviously major gaps in what was going on. He missed some clutch throws. Some of his receivers dropped it. It was it was just a tough go of it. That's it, if you focus on boxing in Purdy so he can't run, you have too many weapons that you have to account for after the fact. If you allow, I mean, it, let's let's take your your in my opinion bizarre theory of giving McCaffrey six yards a carry in place of letting Brock Purdy run, uh, they're going to run the ball up your throat. They're going to get a first down every two carries. They're just going to run the clock out and still score. I don't think he's going to score will. two or three touchdowns. Because, because, because again, how, how, do you, how do you get to that? How, how do you get to that part with the team that runs the most and they just, they abandoned the run? Like they, they had to have seen something that was like, yep, you may give us that lane, but we don't want it. Uh, and that's where I think like, you could have someone who comes on hot. Remember, last year in the Super Bowl, like the Eagles were able to just move the ball at will. It's almost like the Chiefs were just like, "Yeah, fuck it, whatever." Like, take the time off the clock, go down, score. Like, we know we know what we have, and we know how long we need to score. Um, interesting stat that doesn't probably matter much because you know you're picking Mister Purdy here. Uh, his postseason completion percentage sixty one point four. 
Mr. Lamar Jackson, 61.0. Yeah, I mean, I, I drew a bunch of comparisons to them last you know week. I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's, just, but, it's, it's just, it's very interesting to me that. But the, the Niners, again, the Niners have infinitely more weapons at their disposal than the Ravens did. If mm-hmm. the run game gets shut down, they have multiple receivers they can throw it to. On the, the opposite, I mean, they're, they're third in the league in scoring. They average a touchdown more per game than the Chiefs have for the entire season. Uh, they, ha- they allow fewer points per game, so their defense is a little bit more stuff. The problem I have with the Chiefs is outside of Rice, Kelsey, and Pacheco, who are you throwing it to? Like, who are your targets going to be in any one of those scenarios? You take Kelsey out of the game, then they're forced to run. They have uh, w- the third best uh, run defense in the entire league. You basically cut it down to one player who has to go out and attempt and to make all their plays. Who's Patrick been Mahomes the second? He's a better sure. player than Brock Purdy. Let's let's just be honest. I'm not trying that. to say I'm not comparing him. And Brock Purdy, I'm not saying that's where the the matchup lives or dies. I'm saying if you come out and you shut down Kelsey and your run defense does what it's done all season, you're basically forcing Mahomes to either win the game himself with his feet or whatever, or Rice to carry the bulk of the offensive production, and then a smattering of fill-in players from, you know, filling in injured roster spots or guys who are upset at their team who I would just, dropped wide-open footballs. I would just like, like to point out that before. Chris Matthews is one of those no-name players that mm-hmm. played for y'all in a Super Bowl. That's mm-hmm. um, no different than Amendola, who was on the twilight of his career, or Julian Edelman, who had a couple of clutch plays uh, in, in that Super Bowl against Seattle. And then who, who, would, who would call Julian Edelman a no name? No, zero people would call him a no name. A transition, a transition. You just weren't listening. You heard what you wanted to hear. <laughs> like for a team like you the just Patriots, transition from no, no names no, no, into no, no, like no. superstars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, let me let me go back. Go ahead and edit that out, Jamie. Okay. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no name players like Brandon yeah. LaFell and a fucking college or class player that you guys took and you you may do some stuff right or like how Seattle in the Super Bowl. Had Chris Matthews and then Jermaine Curse, they 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 swapped onto. You're like, there are always those no name players that find a way to make it in the bigger moments. It just it's 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 what happens. There's not enough film on them. They don't they don't give them the respect to cover them. Whatever it mm-hmm. is, right? And I said what I said in the first Super Bowl. Edelman was not really uh, when, when he played against uh, the the Seahawks. You know, like yeah, he got the touchdown, but like. Brady was going a whole bunch of other places because the matchups were primo. But this, right? this yeah, is also the linebacker on Gronk and just watch him get transferred touchdown. And, and I mean, maybe maybe this is a conversation for the end of this podcast because we can deep dive into it a little bit. But I think for me, that's really what separates, which is a just completely asinine conversation that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time already when not only did he lose to, to Tom Brady, but we just listed a handful of players that had either no value coming into the season or at the tail end of their careers or nobody had ever heard of. And he literally turned them into superstars for a season or two. Mm-hmm. And then they either went on back to obscurity, they retired or they just fell off whenever they, they left. Like guys who retired on top, who kind of came in as no names are like Gronk and Edelman and Welker and things like that. But dude, 
there there were so many guys that they brought into that team that he had success with that everyone else thought was tired and, and, and over with. So Bill Belichick got him at a discount or like the, the joke has always been put a ball boy out there and he'll find a way to make him productive. Cause that's, that's no exactly, that's no exactly what happened with Tom Brady for 20 something years. And we're talking about Patrick Mahomes being the best of all time after he's won two Super Bowls. I mean, come on, what do we, well, I mean, I mean, he's, He's he's made the Canton case already, right? Because that that's the cutoff, right? Eli's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, he's got two Super Bowls. Peyton's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Two Super Bowls. Sure. If, if you're if you're a coach or a player and you have two Super Bowls, that's it. That's all you need. That's why Rodgers is probably not going to get in. That's why Russ is probably not oh, going to get in. Oh, Rodgers is Rodgers is a first ballot. We all know that because yeah. the quality of his play, he leads the league in several stats still, okay, even though he sure. hasn't really played. But and if he keeps if he keeps saying that, um, you know, jet fuel burns steel beams and that COVID's fake and that, you know, I don't know, ask Dr. Pfizer. Like it, it, it's just kind of what happened with like Pete Rose. Like eventually the NFL will be like, yeah, I don't care that Antonio Brown has all these stats. Like you're not, you're not what we're looking for. for no, nah, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll get, I mean, even posthumously though, they'll, they'll, he'll, I mean, he's going to get in. He's not going to not get in. Oh, and geez. the difference in him Who, and Pete Antonio or, or, or <laughs> Antonio. <Aaron Rodgers>. <laughs> Antonio. <laughs> um, like, what do you, what do you know that I don't? No, anyway, no, no, no. It's we're, we're the difference between like Pete Rose is that Pete Rose gambled on the sport that he was competing in, or like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa who are on on steroids. Like some somebody's crazy political beliefs aren't necessarily going to keep him out of out of the Hall of Fame. And I think Aaron Rodgers and his uh, tenure. Kurt Schilling present- would like a word. Kurt Schilling <laughs> would like a fucking word, my dude. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it could def- if it could happen in, in America's pastime. Number one, it can happen in America's pastime. Number two. Yeah, but, but I mean, my, it's, my thing it, is. Mm-hmm. They, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs do have some no-name players, but like MVS has sort of figured out the the bug thing. I hope Kadarius Tony, if he does play in the Super Bowl, I hope that he just like you know realizes the gravity of the moment, right? Like as you mentioned, like to start this whole this whole segment, which we rabbit hole, like stop going to social media, just let it go, man. Like Elsa, just let it go, okay? <laughs> just like yeah, it just. It's it's terrible. It's this is supposed to be an incredible week. There are some players on both of these teams who are never going to get back here, mm. ever. Um, and shout out to George Kittle for calling a shot a couple of years ago when they lost, and he said on the sideline, and I valued him for it at the time. He said, "I will be back here." I was like, "Oh, maybe on a different team," but he's back, and you gotta yeah. you, you you gotta respect that. I I say all that to be like, we're gonna get a twenty eight twenty four kind of game. You know, it's it's going to come down to uh, maybe who has the ball last and and who decides they're going to they're going to take all those points. I think that the story's largely been written. Um, it'd be interesting to see like what happens uh, in this game, and I and I think this is probably one of the Super Bowls in a long time that I felt was like particularly close. But remember the Patriots uh, Eagles Super Bowl was it eighteen two thousand eighteen? Everyone everyone was like, "There's no way." You got Nick Foles as a backup quarterback yeah. going against the greatest quarterback of all time. There's no way, right? And then, right. whatever reason, the Eagles came into that stadium. They came out to Meek Mill's dreams and nightmares. Everyone was super hyped. I remember watching the game and just being like, "This is a, this is going to be different." And they just harassed him all day. Mm-hmm. They kept Brady getting thrown. They they took all the shots early. This is the last game of the year. Fuck it, let's go for it. I could see, right? I, I, I am a Niners hater. That's that's written. It's in stone. We we know that. But I could see 
a game in which Kyle Shanahan says, Brock Purdy, let your nuts hang on all the haters. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like just, just throw everything out there and just, just see what sticks. And we're, we have ourselves a 35-35 banger to go to OT, to go to back-to-back OTs in Super Bowl history. I, I, that's, I could see that's the thing I, I could see it. And that's the thing I think we're kind of discrediting a, a fair amount here is that Kyle Shanahan is the coach on the other side of the ball. Like mm. the guy is uh, incredibly talented uh, in terms of like game planning and, and, and play calling and whatnot. So uh, <clears throat> it, it's like that's something that's just getting discredited. In my opinion, I, I really, for, for Brock Purdy's case, because I, I genuinely think he's a better quarterback than everyone's giving him credit for. I love the clapback he had at Cam Newton, who said he was like the 10th best player on his team. And he said, you know what? I'm glad to be the 10 best player on any NFL roster, which is mm-hmm. a direct shot at Cam Newton, who got ousted and was never asked to return to a team, even though he felt he was in the prime. And he did the whole social media showcase. Look at me. Look how good I am. Dude is still sitting on the sidelines in arguably years he could be playing football. So why? I mean, everyone has a, a mouthpiece now. Everyone's given a microphone, so everyone has an opinion that they think is important. Hi, um, it's us. <laughs> yeah, it is us. And we're, we're exactly in that same category. Um, MVPs right here. Yeah, MVP. and I still, I, I still, I'm still having a really hard time justifying or understanding why people are so willing to write off a guy because he's got weapons like other teams and other folks who had success didn't have weapons. That's part of an NFL roster. It's how you make up a team. But <clears throat> we're not talking about is he the greatest of all time. We're just talking about is he a good quarterback. Uh, the greatest of all time can take a team that has you know minimal weapons and turn it into a successful franchise. Um, are we there yet? No, but if if this was Patrick Mahomes on his current team his first year and he came out and had success or like everyone keeps talking about how great Kelsey is and Pacheco is and, and, and the, the, and Schneed and, and like some of these guys aren't when this team is healthy or like last, you know, in previous years where he had uh Tyree kill and he had, um, Oh my God, what's his name? Who went to the Browns? Uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. He had all those weapons. Mm-hmm. We weren't giving him any grief then. We we're like, oh my God, look at this guy. We're seeing a rising star on the next Tom Brady. Probably because he he was the he was the MVP at that point. You know? Yeah, I mean, but you you came in with those weapons. You went out and had success. Good for you. Great. Everyone was praising you. Another guy comes in and does it and threatens to upset the apple cart with who we thought was going to be the next Tom Brady. And suddenly it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Hang on. It's only because he has weapons. So we've taken all of these um, moments in, in in football history where we have celebrated the quarterback and the teams that won with the weapons that they've had, like Eli Manning, weapons a lot of his career. Aaron Rodgers had weapons a lot of his career. Like a lot of these players have weapons. A good quarterback brings weapons onto their team, but it's never discounted the same way you see with Brock Purdy. The only way he wins is because he has weapons. I think he's gone out and, and shown us multiple times in multiple games, multiple 300-yard games. He has elevated, like the, the mark of an MVP player is someone who elevates the play of everyone around him. If- elevated, elevated, but not gone far enough. Had they, had they gone blow for blow with the, with the Lions and won it that way, totally get it. How, how, they, how did they not? 
They came because, out winners. How do they not go blow for, for blow? Big, we, were, we already went over this. For big parts of that game and the game against the Niners, he completely disappeared, right? And like, I, I get you being blanked for a quarter. I don't get you blanked for two or three quarters. And then you just need absolute a whole bunch of miracles and luck. It, and it's the same thing I would say about to Russ me, I think, against the Packers in, in the 2014 NFC Championship. But isn't, I mean? isn't a sign of, of, of a good player, like one, that never quit attitude, two, mm-hmm. seeing what you're pre- being presented, constantly trying to change until you find something that works, adjustments, all of those things. I mean, this, th- that argument literally makes no sense because we saw Tom Brady and the Patriots do it against the Falcons where they came down from literal death. And came back and won a game because they got blown out for almost three quarters. So I don't I, like. I'm not buying that. It, it's it's your you, it's your coach you against you that. Co- it's yeah. it's your coach against their coach. Their defensive schemes against your de- defensive schemes. If you're a quarterback, you can't control what your defense is out there doing. And if they're giving up points, that's not on you. You can go out and try to keep your you can't defense off the, defense. the field. You can't <laughs> elevate the defense, right? Isn't that supposed to be MVP? How does Patrick Mahomes? No. How does Patrick Mahomes elevate his defense? Get get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! He doesn't. He doesn't (laughs) elevate his defense. He does it by keeping them off the field by keeping the offense turning. Elevating. That's elevating their blood sugar levels. Is elevating their resting heart rate. That's maybe not the resting heart rate. Brock Purdy has three players on his team that he has fed over a thousand yards. How is that not elevating his team? It's not like he has one guy who had 1,500 yards and two other guys that if, finished if with Jimmy like G 900 yards. Anything. You know, he, he was there. He didn't. He was there. We saw, no, no, we saw a sample yards. size. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. God damn. Hold on. <laughs> <sighs> I, yeah, hate, I hate to worry even this much. You know, in the same way that people Jimmy, are bring comparing... It up. <laughs> Jamie, bring it up. In the, in the same way that people are comparing, uh, you know, baby goat to goat, the, the amount of fucking Brock Purdy, Kurt Warner, Brock Purdy, Joe Cool, I'm fucking over it. I'm I'm just as over the, like, the the Brady uh, Mahomes divisiveness as I am about giving this dude who, again, I said it in the last pod, I need I need all the scouts who scouted this dude to be fucking fired because like. <laughs> You you said this dude was number two fifty six overall, and he gets on a team, and as you said, he elevates at least three players, gets them through injuries, and arguably, this might this might be a Super Bowl rematch from the previous year if the Eagles didn't have the easiest NFC Championship game because Brock tore his, his UCL like fifteen minutes into the game. So I'd be very interested to see that, but I'm gonna look this up. I'm, I'm going to look at receiving yards for records by year. Okay, let's let's see here. So the 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 challenge we're going to face is that uh, Jimmy G uh, in three seasons never finished a full season, but in 16 games in 2019, when they the went play, to the Super Bowl, the when they're 13 and three, the player with the most amount of yardage. <laughs> Uh, was George Kittle with 1,053. The next closest, the next closest was Raheem Mostert with 772 yards. A running back. Yep. So that right there. Oh, no, sorry. Debo Samuel had 802 yards. So, again, so, like, when I said that they played the better version of this team four years ago, I'm not lying. Like they had, they had Mostert, which I mean, he's not McCaffrey. What are you, what are you talking? I mean, what are you like, talking about? You're talking about the Chiefs playing them four years ago? Yes, 
No, that no, stop. I'm going to stop you no, right there because no, that makes no, no stop, sense. Stop, 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 the stop. teams look drastically different on both sides of the ball. They don't. They they don't have Hunt. They don't have Hill. Both of those guys were on the roster four years ago. Mm-hmm. It's it's comparing the two of them is silly. And the Chiefs should have won that game because they had more weapons. And one side had Jimmy Garoppolo, who is actually a game manager. And if we're trying to say Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo are the same people, is just asinine. Christian right, McCaffrey hope- has fifteen hundred yards this season. Do me a favor. Do me a favor because I already made all these arguments in the last episode. You know when I had to mm-hmm. give the Forty the ers flowers. Jimmy Garoppolo's QBR, his completion percentage was 69.1%. Just because he threw the ball like 20 times a game because he just (laughs) handed it off. (laughs) Okay. Okay. He had 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. How many yards? How many many passing yards? Uh, 39.78. What's what's your boy Brocky at? 54 something? Uh, Brock Purdy, 42.80. That's we're talking. We're talking one extra game, three and thirty-one touchdowns in sixteen games. Thirty-one touchdowns. Thirty-one touchdowns mm-hmm. total. Thirty-one touchdowns in sixteen games. Mm-hmm. Take a look here for I this think season. Jimmy, Jimmy had some rushing <laughs> touchdowns, didn't he? I, I I don't know. We're talking passing yards right now, but rushing touchdowns. No, no, no. Uh, you can't do that. You, I'm you looking. I'm looking. Up. Jimmy G. QBR is 72.7, by the way, this season. Yeah, in 16 games. Stats not not, not including <laughs> not including the All right, so t- uh, touch touchdowns is, touchdowns is purdy. Touchdowns is purdy. And this is this doesn't include playoffs. This is just 16 games this season. Regular season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at regular season. Completion percentage 69%, 31 touchdowns. 69% you said? 69.4. Okay, that's a push. That's a fucking push. If I've, if I've ever seen a Vegas line, that's a push. Now, McCaffrey, 1,459 yards. He, he's, he's where I think it's actually... George Kittle, 1,020. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk, 1,342. Debo Samuel, 892. Like, these numbers aren't even close to what Garoppolo did. He has elevated four separate no, players on Debo this Samuel. team. In Debo Samuel in 16 games in 19, 802 total. Oh, wait, listen, I, I'm, I am mistaken here because I'm not combining both rushing and receiving yards. He's up over 1,000. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey uh, is over 2,000 yards. So you think, you think after all that, you think that the Chiefs are just going to be like, oh, shit, don't know how to stop this. There's, there's all no, 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 that's not. You know I mean? No, no, like, the comparison we're making right now is uh, the quality of quarterback in Brock Purdy not whether or not the Chiefs are going to scheme against this. Yeah, I, they're going to come in with a game plan. I understand that. I'm talking specifically about the quality of play from Brock Purdy. You saying, well, he's never going to be the MVP. I mean, he's never dude, going to be the MVP. It's going to be the, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> the dude is going to be... The, the dude is a stud. It, it should be McCaffrey, I'm hands down. Stud, but I'm saying he's not an MVP, nor a Super Bowl MVP. Why? We just we just laid the parameters of an MVP as someone who elevates his team. Guy has four guys on his team that have over a thousand yards this season. If he drew up the plays and called them himself, then I believe you. But he, he has he does he he, so he I does. I don't, don't, don't want to buy that. Oh my god! So oh my now, god! Wait, are you going to discount? Think I was going to change from last week to this week? I are you going to discount? Hold, hold on. Are you going to are you going to discount uh, Patrick Mahomes because he has Andy Reid? Are you going to discount Tom Brady because he had Bill Belichick? 
Uh, Are you going to discount Eli Manning? I mean, I'm uh, going to discount Mahomes because Mahomes is the only one uh, silly enough to say on the shop that he didn't watch film uh, or that he just changed plays because he just took what the defense gave him. You know what I mean? So, Are we going to discount Peyton because he had uh, Tony Dungy? No. They get up. They recognize. They call audibles, which Brock Purdy does like every other quarterback. Tom Brady is one of few quarterbacks who was given outside of Aaron Rodgers and probably Peyton Manning. Mahomes probably has, to some extent, full reign when they go up to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Not many quarterbacks get that. Those three, Peyton, Rodgers, and Brady, are three of the best all time. And we got to watch them because they were all not only calling the plays from the line of scrimmage, but obviously changing them as they went. Patrick Mahomes probably does some of that, but still. So Brock Purdy also recognizes plays, calls audibles, and makes adjustments. It's just every time we discount this guy for some reason, we seem to just turn a blind eye to the fact that the guys we're comparing him to have that same thing. We can't give him flowers because Kyle Shanahan is his coach, yet Andy Reid is Patrick Mahomes' quarterback, and we're just going to let that one slide. That one, that one, that one doesn't, that one doesn't matter. His first yeah, few rules years. for thee, not for me, Tim. That's how this <laughs> yeah. fucking works. You should know Patrick Mahomes now. had nothing but weapons in his first few years. No, 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 no. That didn't, that didn't matter because he's successful now, so we don't care about his first few years when he had two of the fastest guys to ever fucking touch a football. It is a quarterback <laughs> league, is it not? Don't you talk about that all the time? Like, look at the look at the yeah. secondary that the Niners had. You, you can't tell me about raising a team. He might do it offensively, but he's not the most valuable player on that team. The most valuable player on the 49ers is Kyle fucking Shanahan, okay? It's Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> well, it's a Yes, it's second. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> that man will make anything. Out of, but does, dude, does you McCaffrey call his own place? No, he doesn't. You just destroyed... Your entire Seattle franchise history with Russell Wilson as the quarterback because his entire success was predicated on the Legion of Boom in the defense. That's it. Without that defense, he was dog shit, and we saw hey, that. So who won a fucking here we go. Super Bowl. Who won a Super Bowl in the last fifteen years? The Niners? No. Seattle? Yes. I rest my case, Your Honor. I got nothing. I got nothing more to say. Oh who also <laughs> lost the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking greatest quarterback of all time. Okay. Thank you. Anyway, all, all I'm saying is like I still don't understand how we're in the same you boat. Can't, cannot fucking use the Super Bowl to hurt me anymore. Okay. Think about it like I this. Can. I can't. No, you can't. No, you, you can't because you keep putting your foot in your mouth. You just said the the Forty ers <laughs> secondary is why they're successful. Okay. No. If that's no, the case, no, no, no. I said the Forty ers secondary was successful in 2019. It had a lot to do with it. They had fucking Jaquesta. Why, why, why are we still talking they about 2019? We're talking about Brock Purdy. They had Mosley. They had Charverius Ward. Like there was good, good players, man. I'm confused why we why we just dude, you're 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 like a person with ADD right now. You're like talking to me. I don't yeah, know right how now. we just jump back. We're talking about Brock Purdy. How do we just jump back mid conversation to 2019? Because we talk we talking about <laughs> we talk about who elevates the game. I, I did warn you Brock about Brock Purdy story. did. No. Brock oh Purdy is elevating oh his my, team oh right now. God, and to say he's oh not God. Is disingenuous. When, when has a play action wrong. quarterback ever really, really been that successful outside of one time? Isn't isn't that what Patrick Mahomes is? Because he runs no. on that? Isn't no, that what Lamar a, Jackson is? No, what are you talking about? Oh my god. We already went over this. We already I'm gonna have a brain aneurysm. I'm gonna have a brain aneurysm right now. <laughs> Tell me Lamar Jackson isn't a play action quarterback. No, Lamar is, but Okay. They, Tell they, me they Patrick can, Mahomes they, isn't either with that little like No, nope, uh, we're in the nope. run. 
Tim, did you have selective amnesia from the last episode? I said he's a pocket passer. You don't see it that way. I don't it see him as a pocket passer. It doesn't matter what you think, because it matters what I think. And what I said was he was a pocket passer. That is listen. just, I cannot believe those words just came out of your mouth. I'm listen, furious right listen, now. Listen, 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 listen. I'm going to draw us back to the, the Seahawks and Patriots. You can't <laughs> hurt me with those jokes anymore. You know why? Because we both, we were both playing Texas Hold'em Poker, and I had quad sevens, and you had quad eights. And I was like, if I lose to this, I lose to this. It is what it is. And I know you're doing the math and you're like, only five common cards. So how could you have quads and I have quads? <laughs> I don't <laughs> no. fucking know the math on But I'm saying you can't hurt me anymore because it, it's, it's forever ago. Russ it's easy. You have pocket sevens, I have pocket eights. Right. Two. <laughs> it's very possible. Four, four and four, it's very possible. To come so up on the, lose, to come up on the river, lose. one comes right. up on the turn, one comes up on comes the flop. Up, yeah. Bam, yeah. done. Yeah, it, 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 it could be a thing, right? See, I think fast. Yeah, not me. I think about it as fast <laughs> as Brock Purdy, which is why he's not the MVP. Anyways, so. I, I secretly hope this is a fucking, it won't be, but I hope like it's, it's a blowout. I hope it's, I hope they allow Mahomes to score enough points that you can't say the defense won this game, but the Niners just go off and score a ton of points so that at the end of this, we can say, yeah, he had a good defense, but the offense is what carried this team. Wouldn't, and then we can finally put great? it to rest. We can move wouldn't on to next. We can move on to next season. Or, the yeah. Chiefs can go on and win a handful more Super Bowls. I don't really care. All I care about in this particular game is that the guy who has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league is constantly getting shit on, and it doesn't make any sense. Like just this conversation, and respectfully, a lot of your arguments have been just insane. Yeah. Uh but well, it's not just I did, you and I. I did look at you straight in the face and said they're going to allow Christian McCaffrey to run, run, run. You did. You said it, they're going to game to plan it. to allow him six yards of carry to prevent Brock Purdy from running, I mean, if, which if is I insane. Defense, if I was a defensive coordinator, I, that's exactly what I would do. I, like, I, hey, I have an idea. Brock Purdy kind of runs sometimes. So those four breakout runs that he has, let's stop that by letting the best running back in the league arguably get six yards of carry every ben, time. No, because Tim. I know this is this is shocking for you because the New England Patriots never faced a tough fucking schedule in their fucking life. Oh but my god! Bend but don't break, man. Bend but don't break. Everybody has to take the same route through the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. Stop that nonsense! I hate that argument um, of strength. Unless and you don't play in the wild card weekend, then you don't have to do that. Oh my and god. and you don't have to play in the wild card weekend because the Dallas Cowboys and. and Philadelphia Eagles absolutely We beat the greatest show the on turf. We had a, a fucking million to three comeback we? win. We? Who the fuck is this we? Were you were you we. like Field Yates on the sideline there? Did you go to 0304? No, you didn't. Dude, I was the one deflating the footballs. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about insane shit? Talk about the Dude, football? that's... I would be... That, I, that's it. I, uh, I don't know. That's the, So the only thing I care about in this game is the fact that, like, one, I find myself despising the Chiefs more and more lately. There's something about them that just... Because they're going to threaten... Your sports fan. No, no, no. I don't. I I genuinely don't care about. Dude, I'm the guy that said for multiple seasons of this podcast, I'm ready for some losing seasons so that I can understand. And, and, you know, it sounds bratty and spoiled. And here we are. Now I'm ready for some. some It's almost as bratty and spoiled as Kansas City Chiefs fans who want to win a third Super Bowl in four years. But no, it's and I and I and good for them. I get it. They're a great team. They just become so insufferable. The fact that Kelsey it's the and same Mahomes version—it's the same version of of your fucking team. You just don't like that it's not your team. 
know because you didn't have Edelman and Brady constantly going out on news outlets and social media and powwowing against fucking whatever like that. The whole would you be keeping the same energy if fucking the Niners were in the Super Bowl again with Brock Purdy? We would not be having the same conversation about how bad of a quarterback everyone seems to think he is and how uh, how overrated he is. No, we wouldn't be there because he'd be there for back-to-back quarter. But, like, the whole Tucker thing and the, the kicker and then mm-hmm. the fact that they went on and did, like, a press tour afterwards to try and I save their names. I thought it because, was hilarious. Because they're like, what was it, the Pat McCaffrey show or, or one of them, Kelsey was on, and then Patrick Mahomes coming in talking about uh, if he missed a field goal, they were going to get penalized because they were going to be celebrating and that. Dude, <laughs> they're just, it's just something from from Pat Mahomes' brother to his wife to now the... I, I do feel, I do feel bad about that. That's like, that's like the thing there's just, like being a, everyone hated Tom Brady and called him right. arrogant because he... But he was, to, hold on. Don't, no, don't you no, fucking mother Teresa Tom Brady. No, he was arrogant. He, like every other player on the Patriots... Uh, stuck. Yeah. Listen, they they stuck to what they were advised to do. We play football. We talk about football. We don't talk about the noise, and we don't give more away to the press than we need. Everyone did it. Everyone from Belichick down. Yet because Tom Brady was successful and they were winning Super Bowls, they held him to a different standard. Like he had to be an open book, and he just was. Well, even now, he's not even really. He's opened up more, but I wouldn't say he's like if you put an interview or like a. a an appearance with Patrick Mahomes now in his career and Tom Brady in the middle of his career, they are so drastically different. And it was because Tom was like, listen, I'm not going to give ammunition. I'm not going to give insights into what I'm thinking or what I'm doing. Cause I don't want to give a competitive edge. I'm sticking to the Patriots way because that's what I've been advised to do by the leadership of my team versus like everyone else. That's just out spewing whatever the fuck they feel like talking about, which is fine. If you're, idea is to be a media personality or whatever the the in my opinion the culture inside that patriots organization was win at all costs like we don't care if the media hates us we don't care what other teams think of us our objective is to get in work as a cohesive team to find ways to win football games and be successful and that's why they brought in superstars who didn't fit that mold who mm-hmm. quickly adopted that mold it's like using the best the best com- hold on the best comparison is when you see people around major league baseball with crazy beards and mustaches or whatever who go to the yankees and immediately shave that shit off because what they're trying to do is fit the mold of a team that has requirements and stick to that nobody that's- thought johnny damon was suddenly a prick because he shaved his beard and stopped talking to the media the same way as he did when he was considered a Boston idiot. Like it's the same, same mindset with the Patriots. They said, listen, we answer the questions the media asks us without giving anything away. We, uh, we don't get into any off the field antics or you run the risk of getting benched the next game. Like it was just a very disciplined machine that the successful players on that team, like Gronk and Edelman and a handful of other players every year come out and say, I loved playing for that organization. I loved how determined they were, how, how they were goal-driven. You always have that like one guy who goes off and obviously didn't like the fact that they were uh, like controlled in terms of like what to say in press conferences and whatnot. But for the most part, majority of the players that left that team who spoke to the media the same exact way that Tom Brady did, uh, all agreed that that way was conducive to winning. And it's it's 
whether people like it or not, it is what it is. It's probably why why Bill Belichick uh, didn't get signed to a team. I mean, I'm sure there was demands that he wanted, that the teams wanted, and they didn't meet, and he doesn't have to take a job. So there's probably some of that. But a lot of teams are probably like, I don't know if the Patriot way style football is going to fit into what we're doing here, which is totally fine. But to say, like, I would love an example from anybody. But when Tom Brady was being arrogant, when he was being condescending, when he was any one of those things, when it wasn't a media personality that was asking him some stupid question. Like, I, w- I would love an example, and not one person so far, and I'm sure, hey, on, on social media folks, if you see it, send one, send us a clip, send us a, a, a news article, send us something. Send us an AI, like a deep fake, too. You know what I mean? Like, don't, <laughs> send us, to send us something where it's him literally being condescending or an Every asshole or any of those things. And I, and I genuinely don't think it exists to the same level as what we tend to think it exists. Like, if you're not a Patriots fan, you ask anybody, oh, yeah, he was an asshole. He was condescending. He was whatever. I don't, I don't think he was. Not answering media questions that you don't think are valuable isn't condescending. I mean, does anyone give uh, Marshawn Lynch shit for not answering media questions? He was notorious for it. And people well, fucking loved him for it. Yeah. And then also it was the, the creepiest, creepiest pre-Super Bowl interview with Dion. Anyways, in the same way that you're right. going about, you know, win at all costs, okay? Mm-hmm. The Chiefs want to win at all costs. The Niners do yeah. not. There isn't, there isn't a killer instinct in, in the Niners to win at all costs. But why? Why, why do you not think so? Why do you not think that? What is, what is giving you the Christmas that day, that's not the case? The, the fucking oh Baltimore God. Ravens. I'm going to say it. Against the team that was uh, formerly known as the MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that formerly team known came as in the and beat him. going to win the MVP, Yeah. So. You th- you think Lamar Jackson's still gonna win the MVP? One hundred percent. Not a fucking chance. I will I will bet the who's rest gonna, of my band. Who's gonna win MVP? Christian McCaffrey. Mm. I just want to say that until Patrick Mahomes, no MVP has won the Super Bowl in like the last like ten fifteen years. Mahomes is the first person to break that curse in a while. So give it to give it to. Well, then, then Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. I don't know. It's not going to go to <laughs> someone who lost. Kelsey, but... It's not going to go to someone who lost to another candidate for MVP. Like, I think they should stop it and immediately award that at the end of the season mm-hmm. versus the playoffs. But they're, you, you can't excuse unless. But that, that goes. I will say, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how the, the team because McCaffrey obviously got better and better and better and better and better as the season went on as did Lamar, right? They both had, we, we, again, we went over this last episode. You have a six-game winning streak versus an eight-game winning streak. You know what I mean? So, like... Yeah, no, but still, I think it should be, and it may be. I could be totally wrong. They all could be submitted at the end of the season, and they just wait to announce them after the postseason. I'll be honest and say, I don't know how that voting system works. If they wait until after the playoffs, there is zero chance those voters aren't taking the playoffs into consideration, whether they're supposed to or not supposed to. And if they take it into consideration... How are you going to give it to somebody who lost when there are other candidates who went on and, and potentially may win the Super Bowl? McCaffrey, mm-hmm. uh, let's let's say Patrick Mahomes, even though they kind of sucked the first half of the season, which right they were if, left if for we're, dead. If we're saying if we're saying it's on the quarterback, then that's just as much on Brock Purdy as it is Andy Reid and the rest of it. I mean, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and and Andy Reid. Um, so that leaves Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy potentially. Otherwise, we're still talking about guys like Tyreek Hill, who elevated that team to, you know, a playoff berth because the guy missed two games 
and still and still finish with more but uh, more yards than almost everybody is, else. If they made it back to the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill, it's a different team, and you can't you can't judge them the same way. The same way that I use no no no. The, I'm talking about I'm talking about current Tyreek Hill on the on the Dolphins as a mm-hmm. MVP candidate. What I'm what saying the is the craziest thing. You see the the social media clip that's been going going around lately, where Tyreek pretty much says the only reason he went to the Dolphins was because Drew Rosenhaus secured him the bag. He was like, I want to stay in Kansas City, but the Drew was like, he, he's a shark. He's an agent. He did his thing. He got me even more money. And Kansas City said, we can't pay you all that. So he's like, uh, okay, I, I guess I'm going to Miami. But like, I, th- I think he's on a genuine Super Bowl contending team. Like I, yeah, I think they they sure. have an opportunity. I think Josh McDaniels. But, is, I mean, not Josh got, McDaniels. Uh, Mike McDaniels. Mike, Mike McDaniels got, is going to take him there. Yeah, they got trounced by the eventual Super Bowl champion, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, have you seen uh, the season of the uh, Hard Knocks with the no. Dolphins? No, it is no, yeah. brutal, and I don't mean brutal like like brutal. There's so much action. I mean like the way Mike McDaniel like speaks to his players. Mm-hmm. There's there's no there's no real feel. It's the it's a, the complete inverse of like what the, the Detroit Lions was a couple of years ago when they did their mm-hmm. uh, their Hard Knocks, and you can't find it anywhere, which I think is absolute bullshit. Um, I looked at like seven different streaming services. I even got NFL fucking plus and nope, can't get it. You can only watch the Dallas Cowboys in season and the, the Miami Dolphins preseason. I'm just like, this is this is trash, dude. If I'm paying NFL plus $7.99 a month, I need every single season of Hard Knocks available. Everyone. It's on Max. Listen to me. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I looked. Let's, it's let me not on it. Max. Don't go to Google and just said, where can I watch it? Because it doesn't give you the most current one. I went to Max. I went to Hulu. I went to Paramount Plus. I went to fucking Netflix. I went to NFL Plus. I did all of this stuff. The only way you're going to be able to find the Detroit Lions hard knock season. Oh, the Detroit is- Lions. I thought you were talking about. Correct. This is where Correct. you confuse me and probably most of the listeners on the show <laughs> is that you transition from one co- topic of conversation to a previous conversation literally mid-sentence and it's very hard to follow uh so yes the dolphins uh supposedly is on max it may not be but let's see let's see Detroit. No, the dolphins the dolphins are on max yeah uh lions are not already did this i already did this i already I did know. this before the nfc championship game i told chelsea oh we're gonna watch the you know the detroit lions hard knock season couldn't find it Uh, uh it's because it's a uh, it's a timed release. No, it's it will, not a time release. No, I'm, it's fucking I'm, I'm bullshit reading, by the NFL. I'm reading Reddit right now. It says it will eventually make its way to NFL Plus and Max. Guess what? Hmm. Subscriber NFL Plus, it ain't there. Subscriber Depend, Max, eventually. it ain't there. Eventually, oh, what's this? Eventually means when we feel like it. NFLvideo.com is this a legit website? Oh, no, is... it's not. <laughs> but it's, it's here. If you website. want it, I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, Tim. We we can't talk about this forever. I, yeah. I think that I think that the the 2023 Niners have a legitimate case to go down as a great team in football history with a Super Bowl win. I struggle to think they're going to get there because of the reasons I laid out earlier. I don't think that they necessarily have the full complement of players. I think that in some areas they're better than their opponent, but I think they have a lot that isn't going for them. And I, if this was the Eagles versus the 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 Niners and they were in different conferences. I, I could see it. Um, if it was another AFC team that happened to make it like the Chargers versus the Niners, I'm going to go Niners, right? 
begrudgingly, but like it, there's just too much history between these two teams. The fact that it's, it's similar coaches, very similar teams, quarterback is better than the Kansas City side, and the fact that like Reed is not losing this game. If he loses 24-23, then okay, right? But the Chiefs are not, like, there's so much legacy on the line for them, and I think that is when it all costs more than Kyle Shanahan, hey, by the way, your father won three Super Bowls, go win one kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why the Niners have made it to those big games and they've not made it. I don't think it's because the lights went out against the Ravens. They were up, what, 30 to to 21 or something or, mm-hmm. or 30 like whatever that that super bowl was like when they were up big time it was like 20 to 10 or something like that and they lost like you can fix some of those things but some of that stuff you can't but why when we say when we talk about their legacy and like they can't lose this game between legacy if, we're, if that's if that's the benchmark we're using wouldn't you think going up against arguably and i always say arguably but the greatest quarterback of all time on a second year on a new team that doesn't have a lot of weapons would have been the sort of benchmark for where that line is like beating the 49ers and uh, uh I, I i won't say a rookie quarterback but a, a young quarterback who everyone seems mm-hmm. to be discrediting you think that weighs higher than beating tom brady on a buccaneers team like i i just don't think i do it yeah. adds up there because if you're talking legacy uh, and it's Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady, like that's the benchmark. And they mm-hmm. should have beat, they yeah, should have beat the Bucks. Like that is a team they should have came in. Which and is why just, they're going to win this game against the 49ers. Because this they, is a better, I think lost. this team is a better team than the makeup of the Buccaneers team. I'm not comparing quarterbacks. But it's not a better, it's not a better team than the 2019 team. Offensively, maybe. Defensively, why did he go back? Oh my God! Why did he? I nothing about what I just said included 2019. 2020 was Tom Brady. Yeah, I know. But the 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 Chiefs and the Niners played in in 19, and I feel like the the 19 Niners defense was way better, and they still couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but Garoppolo wasn't better. Like he wasn't even close to the same caliber. He won a bunch of games with like 180 yards, 210 yards offensively. Offensively, I said, I said this this twenty three Niners team is is better. Offensively, it's better, and their defense clearly on paper is. I mean, we'll we'll this is this will trigger us to go back down the same rabbit hole. But I would argue if we looked at the defensive statistics and where the, they rank the New England Patriots rabbit hole, which we, which took five and a half minutes of this fucking podcast. Yeah, episode. But uh, we should the, say that the winner of Super Bowl forty eight is the New England Patriots. <laughs> And it would have been Super Bowl 50 is doing the Patriots because we don't know any differently. We're, we're, we're talking Patriots because we kept drawing like the comparisons and whatnot. But no, uh, you're drawing the comparisons because you think that they this because your golden boy was pick 199 overall and Brock Purdy was 256 that this is he's anointed. He's going to start making a whole bunch of Super Bowls. No, I never, I never once, I never once said Holmes is winning his fifth Super Bowl. And we, we have to come back to this, this conversation. I, I never, I never once said Brock Purdy is going to go on and have like, career-defining success, I'm saying he is infinitely better than the general public is giving him credit for, and all the reasons people try to tear him down make no fucking sense when you take that same argument and you compare it to other quarterbacks who have been in his situation on other teams. You you brought up uh, the coach. He's got Kyle Shanahan. Well, Andy Reid and, and Bill Belichick, those are the other opposing coaches. You brought up weapons, uh, both 
Patrick Mahomes had a million weapons in his first season. Like every argument that has existed against why this guy can't be considered a good quarterback. I'm not even. I'm not. I've never said greatest of all time. I've never said the next Patrick Mahomes or next Tom Brady. All I've said, Mr. Purdy, it's it's almost like you feel like he's no. All I have said, no, the baby goat. You're anointing him in the same way you don't want Mahomes to be anointed. No, it's okay. It's okay. the only co- the only argument I have made, and you can go, we can go back and review the last few podcasts we've talked about this, is that not understanding why people keep shitting on this guy and discrediting him. All of the reasons you said the Chiefs are going to win outside of Patrick Mahomes doing some of his weird little magic, uh, you have the same thing present or better on the Niners team. The it's just it, the whole thing is just bizarre. When when this is all over. I would love to look back and do a breakdown of what the media and and you and I have said about Brock Purdy and this team and do actual comparisons to the first two years of some of the other quarterbacks in the league. Not the best quarterbacks, but just other quarterbacks in the league and hear what people are saying. And I'm willing to bet if we look up the teams that have the best offensive weapons over the last 10 years, regardless of who their quarterback, like Derek Carr, let's look at his first two years. And I'm sure people are talking about how he's the future of that franchise and he's great. Or... Well, or Matt Stafford or Jared Goff mm-hmm. or like a lot of these guys are they're going to be great. Look at the weapons they have. They utilize them. Blah blah blah. And suddenly with Brock Purdy because Christian McCaffrey is a superstar. It's like, hold on. Yeah, but hold on. Tim, Let's wait. Tim, Tim, if if they still had Raheem Mostert, if they still had um, Emmanuel Sanders as their number one wide receiver, and Debo wasn't a rookie. If they still had a otherworldly dominant, like if if that's the way this Niners team looked. Chiefs-esque, I think we would probably we we would go on the youth movement. We would probably say, yeah, the Niners got it, but we're not. That, does, that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean if they had that saying? Like, Everything I say to you doesn't make sense. To no, 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 no. <laughs> what, are, what are you saying is, like, because they were all, like, fresh, young players back in 2019? Big facts. I know that seems like a long time ago, but, like, that team offensively was decent, above average. So would you call and them we, breakout stars? I mean, it was Debo's rookie year, Bosa's rookie year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'd call them breakout stars. So then Jimmy Garoppolo deserves zero flowers for any of that because they're all, they were all stars in the making, right? I mean, I've never been a fan of Debo to begin with. I mean, Debo? not Debo. Uh, Garoppolo? Jimmy G. But you're the one that keeps drawing the comp- Because I'm about have- to lose my mind. You kept saying, like, Jimmy no, G did it. Tim, you can't lose your God mind. God did. You. You sound, like, <laughs> you sound like DJ Another Khaled one. over there. You're like, Another one. Listen, Garoppolo did. Wait, yo, Tim, think about it. prop bets, okay? Prop bets. DJ Khaled been talking about Orange Gatorade all year. Tim, put $100 on Orange Gatorade. No, I'm going to, no, I'm, no, no, I'm no, not. No. This, is, this is how much I think Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and Travis Kelsey are fucking douchebags, they're going to ask, ask for whatever their favorite color is, and they're going to put food dye in it so it comes out a different color. Just to fuck with people. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think so. And then they're going to come out and talk about it on podcasts for a I week can't. after the game is over maybe and be like, they will. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> that was great. Like Remember that time I threw his helmet, even though our in, kicker but... was doing the same fucking thing? Anyway. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here we go. Here we go. I do, think, I do think that Kelsey's podcast together is good shit. I generally oh, don't hilarious. dislike... Travis Kelsey, I dislike the pairing of Mahomes and Kelsey together because they give off very bro vibes. And if it was anybody oh, else in the and league, fucking Robert Gronkowski and Thomas Edward Patrick McKellen Brady the third didn't. You're, ta- you're talking about 
During the normal season? No, they didn't because everyone was shut the fuck because up. Because podcasts were big back then. And they, they worked for the hoodie. So you would never let them speak on a podcast. It's different. Hundred, that, that's my fucking point. Is that during the football season when they were active football players, they weren't doing this nonsense. It waited till they were fucking retired and then the wheels fell off and they could do whatever they want. We have to, we're doing this <laughs> I was literally. I to Detroit and I was like, I don't know how you can train me. I'm retired. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey exactly. never do that shit. But like, ser- seriously, yeah. these are, they waited until they were fucking retired. And they started their podcast. They started doing media appearances. They opened up. We get force fed. We get force fed Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes daily. There's a but thousand not, commercials. You, you can podcasts. choose not to watch them. You can choose not to watch them. I can't. I, I'm watching a. I'm watching the worldwide leader in one of their programs. And if one of those guys on, there's like a 40% chance the other one's going to pop and be like, hey, everybody, look at my. I don't like that. Come on. <laughs> ah, we were both gonna we were gonna fight that kicker because he was Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Let's let's yeah. let's end this episode by just yeah. giving the people what they want. Let's let's go straight up at you're picking the Niners, I'm picking the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. What is going to be the wager? What's gonna be the outcome? And if you fucking say donate to the Patriots, I'm gonna fucking lose my shit, dude. I thought that's what we, we came with like last week. It was like uh donating to like a something mm-hmm. on the on the Yeah. Donate to a cause. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna just do us a favor and I'm gonna cut out Seahawks causes and you gotta cut out Patriots mm-hmm. to include legacy Patriots cause. You have to you have to do some fucking research and not not Did you get rid of that jersey still? You still got that jersey? I still have the jersey, yeah. Uh, Do you still have the Metcalf jersey? The child's yeah, medium? Yeah, I like Metcalf. I like Metcalf <laughs> as a player. But yeah, uh, when uh, he leaves Seattle, it's going to be fucking. It's gonna I don't be know if I don't know if this form fits it uh, the same way it did two Me years neither. ago when I got it. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Here, here's what it is. Forget the the cause thing was always weird because I mean we're both going to donate like fifty bucks and no one's ever going to know it or be the wiser. Excuse me. I think the Niners are going to win. You don't. So, whoever... <laughs> oh, no. I don't, like to, I don't like where this is going at all. Whoever really loses like has to wear that jersey and gush for 60 seconds straight on a, on an Instagram short about how great Russell Wilson in his prime versus Tom Brady was in his prime. Oh, you I'm will not. have to gush about how great Tom Brady is. Me, I'll have to wear my Metcalf jersey and talk about how great I think Russell Wilson you know and I'll do? Seahawks I'll, I'll read it like, like a hostage. No, no, no. Oh, no. You have to be He's emphatic about it. the quarterback of all time. He had 48 touchdowns in that MVP season, and no one else even came. No, no, no. Close. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. Wait, so, so hold on. Or I'll just send you booze. Whatever, on, whatever. Yeah. If, you, if you have integrity <laughs> and uh, and whatnot, you'll, you'll do that. I have the... integrity. Get the fuck out of here. You lost in the picks regular season. We doubled or nothing. You, we because, still I, because I gave you, like, multiple because, chances to come back. Listen, when when a cop to says. Two playoff right, runs. When, when, a, when a cop says, hey, hold on. First of all, your boy won last year. Don't, don't talk no shit. Second of all, um. When when a cop says, "All right, you've had a little bit to drink, but I'm let you, I'm gonna let you drive down the road, but park the car in the garage, and then you drop your friends off, and then you just go back out on the road while you're drunk," you don't get to say, "Oh yeah, I'm the goat." That's not that's not how this works. Not how this works. 
<sighs> so if you win, I won. I won where it counts. I have to win. A, I have to win a. I have to wear the Brady jersey and just wax poetic for sixty seconds on Instagram Live on the on the Stats Center page. And if yeah. if the Chiefs win, you get to talk about Russell Wilson for sixty seconds. So we're well, not whoever, gonna, whoever you say. How about how about we're the, not going to give flowers to either team that wins. We're just how about the about nah, no, 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 because no. neither one of us really have a stake in it. Oh, I, I, you know what? I'll do whatever you ask of me for any player in the in the league or team. You have to talk about how the future of Brock Purdy is uh, bright and shining, and how you were completely wrong about your assessment leading up to. I would never say that. I would never take this bet <laughs> because in the event that he happens to win, and he only has a two or three year career, I have to fucking wax poetic and sell this dude as if he's publisher's clearinghouse for the next quarterback. I can't. I can't look at you in the face and do that. I'm not. I made it to the NFC that. last year. Or the team made it to the NFC last year, and here he is as a Super Bowl contender. Did he make it to the Super Bowl last year, though? Uh, he made it further than the Seahawks did. That's okay, but he did. Did he win? Has Seattle won a, it, t- uh, a Super he Bowl? Made in, in this, this than, an, he made it better than. He made it better than pretty much his entire division and most of the NFL. So there's that. Did he win the motherfucking Super Bowl against the greatest <clears throat> offense that we had seen up until that point? No, he didn't. Because it was the greatest offense, as you just said, that we've seen mm-hmm. up until that point. But yeah, but this again. the Eagles, who are favorite to win the Super Bowl from like week four on. Yep, and then they didn't. They went ten and one. They're the first ten and one team to not make it. Yeah, yeah. So. But that's not the Niners. Not uh, all right, we we had to, we got to do something about this. Or let, let's. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not doing no no bullshit. <laughs> Give Brock Purdy as far as I already did it enough, and I'm get the heebie-jeebies for it. So. Straight up, uh, uh, a bottle of uh, Old Forester, or maybe maybe BT, or all right. I'll send Straight you. Up. I'll send you something nice. I'll send you something nice that uh, I will do the same if you win, but you won't. But you know, well, let's uh, we'll we'll set a limit. Uh, Sixty bucks and under. Old Forester runs about forty-five, fifty bucks. So Buffalo trays. Like, Again, this is like when you got quad sevens and you know your opponent has probably got quad eights because you can see an eight or two on the board and you're like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. In my head, I'm, I'm almost like, six. Why was that? You want to go 100 or less? I'll go 100 or less. No, no. <laughs> I mean, part of me does, but part of me doesn't. In the event I tell you what, we, we, we'll just go. So my asset. So he, you're always going to come out on top in this game because my assessment of booze versus your assessment of uh, uh, when we're talking those bourbons, whiskeys. The my assessment. My my assessment is higher because I have a more refined palate. I have sixty bottles in my house, so it's fair to say I have a better sample size than you have over the last few years. Uh, I will send you a respectable bottle. You send me whatever you think is a respectable bottle. How's that? I mean, you can use no outside influence. No you outside influence. You can set the price point at seventy five and just call it a day. You know, huh? whatever. whatever. I mean, you don't have to spend like so. Blue Not Note. Uh, anybody who juke joint from uh, Blue Note, uh, I got a store pick. It's one of the best bottles of bourbon uh, I've had in recent memory. I gave out several. Who would agree to that? Uh, I brought it to a uh, renowned uh, sportscasters Christmas party, uh, and several of the occupants there. Uh, as well as occupants. the <laughs> the the visitors, what are the, the occupants thing about your Super Bowl, the, pick? the 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 what would what would merrymakers, the other merrymakers that were there, mm-hmm. uh, including the caterer who is uh, 
from the area, um, down where this stuff is, is bottled and made, all you, agreed you, that bottle cost me 45 bucks. You know what I'm going to do? If, if the Niners win the Super Bowl, I'm sending you a bottle of Proper 12. And I'm sending two bottles. And I'm going <laughs> to attempt. It's like $25 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> That's the draw. Conor McGregor's signature on the bottle. Just just to be a little twist. Ah, You know what we can do? Well, let's switch it up then. Instead of going for like, oh, what's good, what's not. Let's keep the budget real low. You send me something. I send you something. And you have to drink it while we're recording a podcast. No, because you'll send me like a military special, like you know, Orloff pop off locker. It's gonna come. In, it's gonna come in an electrical taped mason jar. You're gonna have to use one of those. You're gonna have to use one of those old school, like you know, the can punches you used to use for juice, like the little nope. church key on the top. Nope, that's what you're nope, gonna have to drink I'm, out of the thing. Definitely not a million years old like you are. So there's a there's a never... chance whatever you get, it's gonna. Oh my god, I did just age myself. Does nobody remember those? <laughs> no, <laughs> used to come the juice. Sometimes we didn't get it because it was like on the tail end of life when I was young <laughs> of, of 1973. Tim, <laughs> uh, yeah, you used to get a, well, I don't know, like Welch's or like whatever wine punch. You could mm-hmm. get it in a fucking can. And everybody knows what a church key is at this point. You see them in the bars all the time. One end looks like the pointy square. The other guy's the round bottle opener. But you yeah. take that triangle-looking piece for all you youngins, and you puncture one side, and then you turn the can around 180, and you punch it on the other side so there's two triangle holes in it, and you pour it out that way so it's got the airflow inside and the airflow coming out the other side. That's, that's why those are made for anybody who doesn't know. And they had a magnet so you could stick that shit on your fridge. The more you know. Uh, yeah, you would totally end up with some shitty plastic bottle of who knows what. We are or, an hour or, I'd surpri- or I'd surprise need, you. We just need, we just need a bet because we're a podcast for the people. $75 and below, whatever. All right. I'll All send right. you a good one. Yeah, because you're going to lose. That's going to happen. Because <laughs> the fucking Niners are not going to win. I'm about to have I have all the, I have all the shit talking house. messages saved in my, uh, in my phone. And I am, they're in draft form. I can't. You mean the recycled ones you couldn't use last time because they won? Or the, week or the time before, before that, yeah. or the week before, <laughs> or the week before, or the two times that Seattle played the Niners. I'm going to be talking yeah. if they do well. <laughs> I'm going to be talking so much shit it, it, to if, you if the specifically. Nin- okay, you. Part of me wants to be a real asshole and oh, challenge you and say, "Do you think Lamar is going to win the MVP?" No. You, okay. Do you want to bet anything on that? Um, don't think. Just answer. I mean, sure. What are we doing? Two, two bets in one in one run here. Yeah, but you're not going to win this bet. Huh? You're not going to win the bet. All right, so I'm going to lose two bets. Yeah. All right, sure. So I'm sending you a bottle for ten five dollars. What's what's the other one? That Le, that Lamar wins MVP. Okay, isn't that so? It's it's Lamar versus the field. I'm taking the field. You ready for this? Hmm. AP NFL MVP voting. Lamar Jackson, 49-0-1-0-0. 493 votes. Dak Prescott, 0-17-13-11. They've already already voted? I told you. I said, do you want to do this? And you said yes. I I gave you an out. No, no, no. Mr. Brock Purdy, 97 total votes, okay? He was almost 400 underneath Lamar Jackson. I rest my case, Your Honor. 2019 team was better. Because they didn't beat 2023 Lamar Jackson? That doesn't make any fucking sense. 
So what you're saying is they already submitted their votes, and you're able to look that up. Hundred percent. Just happened. oh, well, that doesn't that that doesn't make any sense because I all right. But I mean, lost. the bet you doesn't because I already said I don't understand if they do it at the end of the season or if they do it at the end of the. And I said you if they did it at the whatever reason you want, but I asked you if you want to take the bet, and you said yes. I mean, you could have gone to Google, but you didn't. We did not establish the the parameters of this bet, so. It almost sounds like how <laughs> you want me to do mental gymnastics to establish the parameters about why Brock Purdy is a great quarterback. I have two seasons of fucking stats. Which if he wins matter. the Super Bowl with four players over a thousand uh, a thousand yards apiece in the regular season, how can but you he say won't. he's not? But he okay, won't. that's fine. He'll be seventy five dollars in liquid gold richer. Uh, come I might, next week. I might I might just send you the seventy five dollars and then like one of those gold chocolate coins. And I might just wrap the seventy five dollars in the gold chocolate. No, 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 no. Chocolate and gonna suck it up and go whiskey shopping. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> just don't send me scotch, or I'll trade it away. <laughs> oh, because you're you can't handle it. Sort of like Purdy, the big moments. Nah, I mean if We're I want if I want to take ashes, I'm gonna go out and lick my fire pit. But wow, <laughs> crazy. Uh, we will end this episode of Stats Matter Podcast hour forty. And at least 36 minutes of it is uh, mm-hmm. 2014, 2015, New England Patriots, Seattle Seahawks talk. So good luck with editing that, Tim. Appreciate nah, it. Nah, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's the end of the season podcast. We'll do a recap uh, after the Super Bowl. But this is we'll call this our season finale with a next season preview well, coming up. I mean, it's it's the ult- it's the penultimate. That's what you do. Cause it's it's yeah. before the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we'll, we'll give you a 15-minute one next week. <laughs> It's a peace. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Peace out. See you next week. Go Niners. Mm. Can't wait to drink this liquid gold, bitch.